Did you ever wonder why Hashem made it so hard for Avram Avinu to arrive in Eretz Yisroel? Why he had to wander through various lands until he arrived at his destination, the land which I will show you. Hashem wanted Avram Avinu to struggle because when we work hard for something, we cherish it more. That's right. <laughs> Loving Eretz Yisroel is in our DNA. And while making Aliyah is not easy, we are here to help you. And by we, I mean you and I, Shoshana and Hanala. That's right. To get inspired and get ready for your life here in Israel. This is the Weekly Squeeze Israeli edition with Hanala and... Shoshana Shazam. Nice. I made it right in time for the... Ending. Yeah. Yeah. That's you're a cool skill. Like that. Yeah, you got to work on that. Um, good morning. Good, good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. <laughs> <Good mind. laughs> Wherever you are holding in your life. Yeah. They're having a three-day yamsif in, in America. It's one of the reasons why I made Aliyah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, three days is intense. Well, we're having two days now. You know what? But I embrace it because it's not three. Yeah, yeah. You roll into it. You know, it's like you cook for Shabbos and then you'll just get a little more food and you'll be, it'll be, it'll be great. You'll be done. <laughs> I just, I'm like, adjust your microphone. I will now eat the microphone. <laughs> Happy breakfast. Shakoni, I'd be that microphone. Nice. I mean, uh, so living in Israel has a lot of benefits, but it has a lot of challenges. And yeah. that's why you and I are here because we are realistic and we've experienced many of these challenges and we continue to experience many of these challenges. But we have it in our DNA to want to be here. Totally. And to feel whole here. And, and I, I feel really whole here. I feel like I live my best life here. Yeah. I do. That's why I love your, I mean, I love your attitude. I think I say I love your eyebrows. Your eyebrows are also, also very the person good. Also, my eyebrows is my friend because I live a whole life. You can get your eyebrows done in your parking lot. Like Literally. We have, we have two cosmeticians in our parking lot. Like just that's right. literally like walk outside and done. You're yeah, done. You walk yeah. back and it's like, well, I thought you were taking out trash. I did, but I also did the eyebrows. Yeah, so so we don't have good. Costco and Target, but we have the best eyebrows in the we Middle East. We have a lot here. <laughs> we have a lot of musicians and a lot of a lot of people. And I know the street next to mine has like five yoga instructors and health instructors just yeah. on the next street. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing good here. We're doing good, and we want you to come here too. So we are going to share. If you think you'll make it, if well, you'll make if you it. If you want it, if you want it, exactly. Yeah. Now, if you will it, it is not a dream. Exactly, quote unquote. There's a book that I I used to learn when I had time called Im Habanim Smicha. Have you heard of it? I have not. It was by Rav Teichtal, I think. Okay. He lived. This is actually really interesting. He lived during through the Holocaust, and there were two camps of people. He has like five introductions to his book, and. He was like, there were two camps of people, people who believe you should make Aliyah live in Israel and people who thought you should not. And it's all dirty and tame and bad. And he was in that camp. And while he was in hiding during the Holocaust. What do you mean in that camp? In like, not, not, uh, not in a physical camp. Like right, he was in the camp of people who were very much against okay, I thought settling you meant, the land. You said the Holocaust. No. So I thought he was in a camp and that oh, camp no, no. had a mentality. No, no, I was no, like, no. I did not know those things. No, so he, there were two categories of people, people who Got thought it. that everything was good and you should go and people who th- said, no, it's, it's tummy, it's dirty mm-hmm. and it's not, like you said, not the Herzl time. wasn't Jew, it wasn't religious and so, but while he was in hiding, I think, during the Holocaust, he had a clarity and realized that he was wrong and that, we should have come here already. And he wrote an entire safer with Makoros and sources. It's a, you know, hundreds of pages of, of writing that I have in English that I read. It's really, it's so powerful because he was in the group of people who said, this is all bad. And while he was in hiding during the epiphany. Holocaust, he, had an epiphany. he realized this is where we need to be. Yeah, it's very important to stay inspired. I actually have a great book called Sacred Soil from Art Scroll that I highly Ooh. recommend. It's an easy read. And every paragraph... Good beach read for the summer. Yes. Every paragraph, just sacred hot soil at the beach, <laughs> makes you more excited. In your shvim clyde. <laughs> In your begad yam. Makes you more excited to live here. And, and, you know, that's a very important element. You know, it's just that there's a lot going on here. And there are moments when you're like overwhelmed Definitely. and you remember there's much more to it than how I'm feeling this minute combing the lice out of my kids you head. love the lice you know I remember sitting in Queens reading these books and you're right you really need to keep that fan that flame alive because even if you have an ideal it's very hard to keep it real and realistic if you don't fan the flame of inspiration like you said yeah 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 well that's just the nature of being a Jew because if you just put it on auto autopilot there are so many reasons to hate being a Jew <laughs> and not the Jewish practice but the experience the itself you the know minute. yes the minutia the way people feel about you the way people tweet about you um the caricatures the you know it's just it's not always such a pleasant position to be you just sometimes don't want the responsibility of I am a Jew wherever I go 
except when you recognize how lucky you are to be a Jew yeah. and all the amazing things that come with serving Hashem and living a tire life. So just like anything else, your marriage, exactly. your diet, that. Yeah. <laughs> invest, 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 and you will... Be Listen a better to the things person that inspire for it. you. It's actually important, especially if you're thinking about Aliyah now in a year, two, three, four, five, ten years, to keep that flame alive. If you have an ideal, don't let it sit and be stagnant. It'll get it'll become this memory. Oh yeah, once upon a time I wanted to do this thing, but if you really believe in it, you still have to keep it fresh. Look, singers, I'm sure you do special things to keep yourself inspired and in singing and Everyone who does something special needs to also keep themselves inspired in that area. Right. But I didn't find that in America. I wasn't like, I need to stay inspired to live here in Florida. I woke up, it was beautiful oh. outside, and I was happy. That's sort of like row, 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 boat. That's doing, if you do nothing, you could just stay in Florida. But well, you, you, could, you could live in Disney World forever also, hypothetically. But yeah, but it gets old. It gets old, and it's just, there's no real um, deep connection to what you're doing. So when it came to thinking if we should buy a house or not, I mm. could not get excited about owning a piece of property in Hollywood. Planting roots where the alligators come. Yeah, just exactly. Like even gardening in Hollywood, it's just like such a cookie cutter city with your gate that opens and closes and your security guard and everybody has matching doors and pools. And here you go to a, a Moshav, you know, you can go dra- drive down here to Beit Shemesh to Moshav Ishi. Sure, there's things that are, you know, not so beautiful all the homeless cats and 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 litter and no it's and the cat litter although they're pretty good about hiding it i have to say the cat litter doesn't bother me the actual human litter yeah the the litter that the humans make yeah we're working on that but when you drive around israel and you take in the land and you appreciate i am the land when you are in the land um you start to wonder where taka is the best place to live yes yes and everyone has their everyone always says oh i have this dream of living in the golan I actually know someone who actually did that dream. She and her husband went up to the Golan and it was really beautiful and great. But at a certain point she was like, yeah, but it took me half an hour to get to the supermarket and I couldn't do the day to day with my kids. So she ended up coming to Beit Shemesh. But so it's very idealistic to go live on a kibbutz or Moshav, but you have to take in consideration all the components that are your life. Now, for most people who have children under the age of 10, school is a priority and not having to drive your kids to school is a massive perk of living in Israel. Now, there are people who drive their kids to school, like myself, mm-hmm. because we happen to live on the bottom of Ingetti's Hill, and the school is, like, all the way on top. But relative to people who drive from, let's say, Moshav, you don't drive that far. Right, and I you can tell my kids, you're not ready on time, now you're walking to school, and I am not taking you to school today, rain or shine. By the way, fun fact, there yeah. are no traffic lights in Ramat Beit Shemesh. Have you noticed that? My yeah. kids don't even know about red, yellow, and green because they never see them. You know, on that topic, it's very important for you to know this. In Israel, you cannot, there's no stop signs. There are crosswalks, and you have to stop if a person is approaching yeah, or stepping that. off the street. I didn't know the rules because you sort of get your driver's license without taking any test, and I didn't know the rules of a, of a traffic oh, circle. Oh, this is like number one. It was the first thing my husband told me. So you're driving down the street. My husband told me like months later. I'm like, that's why everyone honks at me when I get to the <laughs> That's why I'm circle. running over children in every corner. Whoopsie. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so when you get to the corner. I'll give you a, par- a chocolate. <laughs> there's a crosswalk, and you have to stop unless there's nobody there. But if a person's approaching the stop walk or has one toe on the street, mm-hmm. you stop like it's a stop sign and every they, time. And you can't go until they've reached the other side of the street technically. Right, right. And you're not, if you're a pedestrian, let's say you're in, let's say, a city where there, is, there are traffic lights like Yushalayim, you're really actually not supposed to cross on a red if there's no cars around. You can get a ticket. I'm not sure what you mean. If it's a red light. But there's no one around, and you're standing at the light, and you want to just oh, cross. Oh, if you're walking, yeah. sure, you have to follow the you traffic laws here. You can get a traffic ticket. Yes, you can you get a walking to, ticket for you that. You have to follow That's the traffic That's where the Ani Paron originated, because the story was that someone crossed on a red, and they got stopped by a police person, and the police said, you know, you can't stop on a red light and everything in Hebrew, and they're like, Ani Paron. <laughs> and that's where the story originated. I love that. Well, now you know. And now so, you know. Yeah, so no excuses. But when you walk um, to school in the morning, you will be accompanied by... Most of Israel's children who either take the bus, walk, or now here in, Is- here in Beit Shemesh, we have scooters. Did you notice? I've noticed they, they just, one day the city Appeared. gave birth to yellow scooters. Yeah, on every corner there are yellow scooters, electric scooters. Now, you rent I, them for what, half an hour, a few minutes, by yeah. minute? Yeah, so I rented one to drive up to my son's school. Okay, that's adorable, like Hanala no, 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 you don't understand. Shaitel flowing in the wind. <laughs> you don't understand. Singing I'm the Land. Beit Shemesh is Live so, music video. No, no, Beit Shemesh is so hilly. 
and I'm not a petite person. The scooter was struggling to make it up the, the hill. Fault, it's the hill's fault. At some point, I was just pe- like pushing it off <laughs> like a kid's scooter, like pushing off with one foot. I it's got not, to school. I was so wiped out. It's like the Flintstones cars where it looks like a yes. car, but you have to use your own feet yes. to get up I'm the like, hill. I'm like, do not. This this looks deceiving. I'm not having a good time. You're like, this is not fun. Are you sweating? <laughs> I was boiling. And then when I got to school and I picked my son up. Did you put uh, him on the scooter I put with him you? on the scooter and we scooted down and that was fun. But you only have one helmet. Which neither of us were wearing. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Cool, 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 cool. No doubt, no doubt. I'm not scared of that. That doesn't intimidate me at all. Yes. No, the truth is that we're, we're getting... We're, there's so much to talk about. Scooters are a very, very big part of... My husband has an electric scooter. Yeah, and electric bikes. Yeah. Yeah, because people do a lot of walking here, and most people don't have two cars, if, well, yeah. let alone one. Yeah, so my husband teaches at the bottom of a mountain and at the top of another mountain, and there was no way for him to get from place to place, and this is before we had a car. So he said, I'm going to buy an electric scooter. So he actually went to Tel Aviv on a Black Capital Friday. Of By the way, Black Friday scooters. in Tel Aviv is not one day because they don't really know what the word Black Friday means. It's Black Friday, Kolbe November. Like all of November is Black Friday. <laughs> and one day I came to the store on like actual Black Friday. They're like, what? Everything's gone. I'm like, what do you mean? It's Black Friday. Like, no, Kolbe November is a Black Friday. <laughs> you missed the boat. Um, I did. Yeah. But shopping's not such a big culture. So when there are those kind of sales, you want to hop There's around. sales every holiday. There's yeah. always sales. Yeah. Did you Never- notice Did you notice it says Chag Shavuos, um, Chag Sameach um, on the tarred milk, on the tarred milk? I love when the milk decorates itself for yeah. me. Yeah. I love when the buses will say Chag Sameach. Actually, when I was first here, our first year, I took buses. And you know on Yom Kippur, people have this minhag to smell something on Yom Kippur because you can't make as many brachos you're not eating. Right. So when I thought I was, it's just not to faint. So No, but you get to say bracha. Okay. So I used to be in seminary and we used to pass around like a little etrog, like a little bosem to smell. So one time before Yom Kippur, it said on the bus, kane bosem. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is the chut that my bus is telling me to buy yeah. <laughs> bosem? And then like, no, you stupid. It's kane bosem as a place. I'm like, oh. I know. I, also I was thought, seeing the idealism in the bus. And it was not I also true. That, it was my purple foggy yeah. glasses. You will continue to have those epiphanies for years to you come. Mean it's not all about living. It's it's great though. Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. Well, you know, Hebrew's the language of the land, and it's part of the process. So, your kids are going to school in the morning. They are being accompanied by many other children. Children um, walking, children. Children walking, children. Traffic because people are driving and it's really trafficy from seven fifty five till eight oh eight right and then it's gone and then it's gone yeah and but then it, there's but it's chaotic spots. so you have yeah. to be really careful when you're driving your kids to school or when you're driving out of the city because the mornings are for uh, and the roads are not really wide enough right and there's a lot of these for cold parked dis- cars these and two directions so if there's a bus coming your way and it looks like it's going to hit you it will so you need to move out of the way exactly don't underestimate the bus driver's capacity and to they see don't you. care that much no if they swipe you right right there's just you know bus drivers and their liabilities um when what do you, you pack to school what do you bring it when you what do i pack for my kids to school yeah okay so there's different sections of school here and it's not like in america where you have a school, and there's a preschool, elementary, high school, and then the kids graduate from Shulamis, high, Shulamis or whatever, or from Beis Yaakov. Start with the youngest. Okay. So the youngest here in Israel is... Gan Shalosh. Gan Shalosh. That's exactly. where public Gan starts. Until then, you're praying, paying privately. You're paying privately, exactly. Which is cheaper than America much, but you are paying it. Definitely it definitely is expensive until you, if you send your kids to Gan until age three. But then once they get to age three, it's literally free. Right. And then maybe you pay for some afternoon hours. Right. So you'll get school small. for free in preschool till about it's 2, magical. 2.30. And then you can pay for another hour and a half, two hours and a half. It's called Saharon. Saharon. Like Saharayim. Exactly. Get it? And they get food. Catering. It's part of the, the best thing. You don't have to pack lunch. And you know they're getting literally like Hot meat sauce, yeah. schnitzel, petite team, which are like little balls couscous, of yeah. couscous that are large and big. Yeah. That's an Israeli invention, by the way. I think they, they had a they were missing rice in the country during yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, wars. So they it. made a rice like thing. Thank that's you, it. Israel. Yeah, that's it. So your kids are going to school from the age of three, and the government's paying for it. They're also supplying hot lunches, but there is a small fee for the extra hours after yes. two o'clock. I think it is, um, but it's minimal. It's like it's not a lot of it's money. It's minimal, but that that fee varies by city. Every True. city has a different price. So Saharon in, in Beit Shemesh might be. Um, a thousand shekels for the year, but in Yerushalayim it might be two thousand for the year or three thousand for the year. It depends on the city, right? And that's like 
$300 for the entire year of aftercare. So it really is reasonable, and most people do keep their kids until four, unless they're a first-time mother and they just need to spend more time with their toddler, but otherwise most people keep their kids there longer. And by the way, in America, what I experienced was you have a nursery school where you have to apply, and then you're in one place for several years until kindergarten, but here... The three and four year old gone is its own institution, its own space, and that teacher is like kind of the principal of that space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when they move on to what we call kindergarten here, it's called Gan Chova because it's Chova. They need to go. That's its own institution that exists by itself. Right. Some schools will have their own Gan Chova, but my son, for example, goes to a Gan Chova that he's in for one year, and that's it. Exactly. And the most important thing is to get a Gan that's as close as possible to your house because if you're Gone is on the other side of town. The I mean, it's just there. There, there are preschools on every block, and the kids yes. in that preschool are from that neighborhood, and, and that can, way, yeah. they can play on Shabbos exactly. That's so great. it's very, very important that your kid gets into a gun, and you do have to apply online on time to make sure that your child, you know, is on the list and doesn't get bumped into another gun because the gun is full. By so. the way, one other thing: Israel also has special education, chinuch miyochad. Yes. And I can't speak to all categories, but one category, which is so awesome. I don't know if this exists in America. It's called Gan Safa. Have you heard of that? Sure. But they, I, I don't know what translates. Maybe it's Gan Safa is a, is a gun that specializes in language. So if your kid is, this is relevant because I'm sure people in this, uh, listen, listeners have kids who may have speech therapy. So it's a gun that's focused on language development. And sometimes you have a child who has a language issue and maybe also OT. They get other therapies. Everything is in the gun and it's completely free. Right. So you have to, work hard to get them in. You have to prove that they need it. So I have two kids who were born early. I'm a preemie mom. And I had two kids who went through the Gan Safa system and it's literally gold. They go and everything is intentional. They have PT, speech, OT. They have everything. And it's a full preschool program. It's, it's not like they program. have to leave the exactly. school and go separately. Because normally when you go to therapies in Israel, you have to take them to this therapy. They don't come to the school. Right. And there are therapies that you could apply for while your kid's in a regular preschool, yeah. in a regular pre- preschool to, class. Yeah. It's a lot of forms and it is a process, but there are things available, you know, in that department. Okay. Your kid finishes preschool and survives with um, worms. What are they called? (laughs) Pinworms. Because there are sand pits in the preschools and there's nothing you could do about it. The cats are, you know, using it as a litter. The kids are playing in it. Pinworms are rampant. Lice is rampant. This is what You're it is. You're making it sound like we live in this like third world country war zone. No. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, in that Do department. We well, no. in that department. Hang you on. You have nice tiled floors. I have to say, no. and air conditioning. We're, we're in a lovely penthouse, but the but when it comes to <laughs> that kind of stuff, it really is a stark contrast from an, from the American preschools. When my kids were in the American preschool, number one, the teacher wasn't allowed to touch the kid. That was like a big no no. And here they'll hug and they'll kiss yes. and they're emo- you know physical and all that. Um, they have emotions. They're not They robots. have emotions, exactly. And the, the sand pit is a thing. I had a bucket outside the door, and every single day we emptied my son's shoes into there, and at the end of the year we returned a bucket of sand to the preschool because we're like, here, this, is, this belongs to you. That is so nice of you. Right? I felt like my it was the right thing to do. My son likes to open up his shoes and dump it onto the area rug that You don't understand. Have. The first year I was Wonderful. here, my son would come home covered in sand, and even when we would take all his clothing off and his shoes off, there would still be sand, and I realized it was in his head. It was literally in his, I would have to scrape his head. So if you are a very clean OCD mom, you are not going to enjoy that part of preschool. Did you just talk about yourself in third person? No, no, I'm not <laughs> a clean OCD mom. I'm not. But you're clean. I'm clean, but I don't, you know, I le- I, I'm not cuckoo like that. Um, but, you know, you're not going to win that fight. Like, oh, there's a cat in the lit- in the, yeah. in the sandbox. Oh, my kid, you know, lice is not something that will keep kids at home. You don't have to stay home from school if you have lice No, here. you'll you get a notification in the WhatsApp, and the notification will say, all the kids are scratching their heads, mom. There's lice, guys. Whoever checks their kids' heads and brings in a note that they did it, the kid will get a prize. Oh, I never saw that. Yes, we had lice all the within time. a week and a half of landing here. We had lice in our family. Right? It was so stressful. You have boys. No, my I, oldest is a girl. She had lice. Okay, so I have and three girls with hair. long hair, and it's just, it never ends. And I'm not embarrassed to admit it, because it's not something I did wrong. It just is what it is. And 
we don't get so so bent out of shape. When I my first kid got licensed in America, I was sobbing. I was so emotional. I was a wreck. Aww. I was like, how did I miss this? What a terrible mom I am. I'm American Hanala hug. Right? It was one of the worst parenting moments of my life. And here I'm like, are you scratching here? And I toss the, you know, lights. Those go comb are expensive. Your hair. They're like 150 shekels, but they're worth every Yeah, the comb 3,000. Yeah, like, Aussie 5,000. <laughs> you have to get the Aussie luxury philosophy. one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so your kid finishes preschool, and then it's time to put them into elementary school. Now, elementary schools here also, it really depends on your hashkafais, where you're going to end up sending your children. And if you say the word hashkafais, you're already going to have a better sense of where to send your exactly. kid. Exactly. <laughs> hashkafot, hashkafais, hashkafos. Yeah. Yeah, there's all different mentalities here. You know, for most people, the whole Zionist thing could be a deal breaker. I have friends who live in Beitar. They send their kids to Chabad schools. They're not celebrating Yom Ha'atzmaut. They're not celebrating, you know, they don't have flags all over their schools like my kids do. And if your kids are in a school that's Datilumi slash Hardal, Haredi Datilumi, they are going to have programs, also called a, a tekes, on Yom Ha'atzmaut and on Yom HaShoah and on, on Yom Yerushalayim. And they're going to, uh, you know, one thing is cohesive, though, across the country. Everybody wears white shirts on Rosh Chodesh. That's true. I love that. And every single child leaves gone on Friday with a sort of a bag. It's called a tikiya. Yeah. That's actually really adorable. There are always pictures of like Scandinavian sunsets and <laughs> funny It's like very views. whimsical and yes. joyful. And it's like a beautiful mountainous view. Everybody leaves gone with a tikiya, which has pictures from the week. Oh, and this is a big thing. They have something called daf kesher. Yes. Where the teacher will write what they did that week in school. And that's something you read on Shabbos. Well, daf kesher is where you learn that you don't, you're not an Israeli parent because you like open it up and it's full of Hebrew words that you yeah. have to read and you're like, oh my goodness. Well, over the years, your child can read it. They yes, can read it true. Well, my husband is Israeli, so he does the Dav Kesher. But yeah, that's a good point. That's something also that and all... And I remember like, thinking like being so stressed in the beginning, like when do you read this? Because sun- there's no Sunday, Shabbos finishes and then it's school and the answer is you read it on Shabbos. You read it on Shabbos the way you're supposed to. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. g- they didn't give you a... They don't give immigrant parents like me a memo and i'm like well, when do we read this what's the exact spot do we read it eat it uh, do we read it while eating a, a cucumber with a peel while drinking <laughs> sugar basaki is there like a lumbus behind it yeah exactly um well eventually you'll just you know you'll you'll find your rhythm um but the tikia is what was one of the cuter moments when your kid won't they're, they're you have to just, return it on a sunday you have to give it back yes you have to give it back they take their it's papers a sign out. of a good parent who gives their son or daughter the tikia on sunday to return exactly but you take out all the projects even if you throw them away because you don't want Guilty. the teacher to think that you didn't open it up at all which right. definitely happens too right so once your kid goes into elementary school by the way we didn't really discuss where people should live we'll get to that but right now we're talking about how school. you choose a school so we just shifted into yeah. that your kid goes into an elementary school that you choose based on your hashkafais. So there's obviously Beis Yaakov where the kids are wearing the button-down pinstriped uniform shirts and the nasty blue polyester skirts and tights and usually tights with sneakers or nabby Beis Yaakov shoes. And, you know, they don't have Israeli flags all over the place and they're just, everything is... There's more to it. They're also very strict. I know they have certain strict rules about what you can do inside the school. You can't walk a dog. You can't ride a bicycle. Yeah. yeah, You can't obviously use social media or smartphones. It's sleepovers sleepovers hanging allowed. out in the park friday night it's a life choice <laughs> it's a life choice exactly it is a life it choice. affects you inside the school and outside the school and the family and yeah. the way the family acts outside so you have to know school. if it's for you yeah you do have to know if it's for you in rabbi shabbat you have a lot of you can split hairs a lot it's not just you know haredi secular religious secular there's especially because this is such a mixed neighborhood you have Chardal, which is Haredi Datilumi. You have just plain Datilumi. You don't really have so many not religious schools here because it's based on the well, population. Well, when, when I drop my kids off to school, the high school in, in particular, so I have one daughter who's in a base Yaakov and she's, you know, wearing her tights and her pleated skirt. You definitely don't have social media, right, Hanala? No. And right. then, pff, no, uh, who's Hanala? I'm just Mrs. Yeah. Harrell. Um, they, my other daughter goes to a Datilumi Chardal school and she's wearing... There, there's actually no uniform in high school, but in the elementary school, they're wearing T-shirts with the emblem. School emblem, yeah. Just regular T-shirts and any skirt, very That's casual. Very common here in Israel to have the uniform in school is just to wear certain colors, and then you get the school emblem on the shirt. Right. It's very casual. And my friends in Yerushalayim have that, and yeah. some people have to wear the collared polo shirt. Some people just have to wear, you know, three quarter or long sleeve, depending on boy yeah. girl. Yeah, yeah. So that's you know, and everybody gets it in the same store. It's not, not a big deal to acquire those uniforms. You can't order them online. You actually go and they you pick your label. And it's, they, a, it's a good uh, system. System. Yeah. 
Um, to write a passage to get those shirts. Yeah. To figure out the store and to know what school you're going and to. And there's a nice variety of colors. The girls have purple and pink and blue and white Hot for pink. a yeah. Yes. And the boys also, they have their t-shirts, long sleeve, short sleeve, a yeah. sweatshirt, whatever. So uniforms are not really an issue and they're not so strict. And, you know, it's not in America. They're much more on top of every single element of the you uniform. You just don't need to buy as much clothing for them because on Fridays they don't have to wear their uniform. Mm-hmm. But that's the only day of the week during the entire school year that they need to wear not uniform clothing. So overall, your wardrobe. But in for your general, child is less. there's no peer pressure in most of these schools, and the kids just wear whatever. I have kids who wear uniform shirts on Friday. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally. like washed and clean. Like who cares? Totally. Yeah, yeah. So your kids in elementary school, obviously, you know, depending on your background, it'll help you choose the neighborhood. Often. The shul that's in connection with the school is on the same page. Um, so you have to take that into consideration when you're choosing where to live. If, Like I said, if you're Chabad or if you're very – well, so I was saying before that when I drop my daughters off at school, there are schools where the, you know, the, the rules for you know the dress code are really lax. And I'm like, wow, those skirts are really short. But you know what? There's schools for all types, and there's mm-hmm. schools for all, all types of families. And that, that could be a really good thing, especially in one neighborhood – when you have kids who are all different types, you could send your kid to a, to each kid to a different school, which a lot of people do. Yeah, it's not unusual to have one family with children in different schools of different hashkafot. I've met them. Yeah, yeah. When but I went nice to, to open have... houses for my son going to Kita Aleph, by the way, sorry to interrupt, I met the same people in Haredi schools and Tatilimi schools and everything in between because they they said, no, it's not unusual. This is normal. We're just looking for the best school for but our kids. But it does kid. get tricky and yeah. I had this experience to, to switch your kid over from mm-hmm. a Datilu Mi to a Beis Yaakov. So my daughter wanted to go to a Frimmer school after being here for three years. And the Frimmer school was like, you, you know, that that's first school that your daughter was they in. They gave you a little side eye. Yeah, exactly. Like, like who like are you? Exactly. That's not our Hashkafas. And now you have a child that was in that system for three years and we're not quite sure we want her. It is not so simple to get into some of the Frimmer schools. Also just note, that Haredi American and Haredi Israel are not the same. We don't realize how much more open a Haredi American approach is. And Haredi Israeli is like just more, much more intense. So you might come here thinking you're Haredi and then realize you don't well, what's fully... What's the main difference? Because I can't think of something specific besides social media, let's say. I can't give an example. I just people always talk about how it's not the same. Yeah. Well, if you're living off the grid here, like my sister-in-law, Carrot Safer, who's not on social media and doesn't have a TV and doesn't go to the movies and barely leaves her city, you end up being a much more small-minded, Tyra-focused um, person than the American base alcove where kids are still going out. They're going to the mall. They're socializing. They have access to technology. They have birthday oh. parties on Sunday. They do- so- Smartphones. I don't know what goes on so much in the... I'm, I'm not... I don't consider myself Haredi per se, but... In Israel, a Haredi guy will not look at a smartphone. Right. He won't look at it. I, I had to work with a guy, he's whatever, he's my neighbor. And I said, look, I hold up the phone. He said, I'm really sorry. I, I don't look at that. Yeah, my, I mother-in-law, don't look at my mother-in-law used to not look at our phones when we came to the house if we wanted to show her something. And then at some point, my husband gave her such a hard time. Like he was just like on her case enough that... You know, he used yeah, to laugh at America, her. Like, like it was very Mikubal for everyone to have a smartphone. It was just sort of, I don't think there were as many kosher phones in America. Unless yeah. I was Here, kosher right phones group. are massive. Yeah. yeah. Massive. Okay. So you chose a school for your children. You have a gun on your block for your little ones. Your husband's happy in his shul. But ultimately, where you decide to live will affect a lot of things. It'll affect your bank account. It'll affect the way you dress, and it will affect how you feel about living in Israel if you choose to live, you know, up in the settlements in Yehudan Shamron. I don't like calling them settlements because it has such a negative connotation. Anywhere you live in Eretz Israel, you should be able to live comfortably and happily. But if you choose to live in Ashkelon, Ashdod, or Shterot, you're going to be closer to the Gaza Strip and more susceptible to sirens and, you know, waking up in the middle of the night when the terrorists are trigger happy. And if you live, well, unfortunately, I can't even say this anymore, but if you live in Tel Aviv or central Israel, it's a little less likely. Yeah. What's your say on that? I mean, I think that when I was looking for a place to live, I looked at Nefesh Nefesh and I said, where are the best schools? Because I, by the way, we didn't mention this. Israeli schools are public. So they're, they're mostly free, but they're public schools. And so I always remind myself, okay, the classroom has 35 kids in it and 
it's not going to be in the and same the teachers making a public school salary. Yes, and I remind myself that it's not like everything is perfect and exact and everyone's awesome because we're not paying twenty thousand dollars a year for school. So the teacher will respond to your WhatsApps. No, no, our teachers are really warm and wonderful. Um, but I remind myself that it's still a public sponsored institution. It's not going to have all the frills and bells and whistles. Yeah, sometimes you walk into a building a and you're has. like, this place needs a renovation, and there's yeah. no fundraiser for the building because the government is. Although you know, our school fundraise amongst the parents to build like a shady thing in front of the a shady area in front of the school because it gets really hot during playtime during right. recess quote unquote you know, if it? you have a good parent system yeah. there's changes that could be made so but my our kids by the way we didn't even mention the food situation which oh, I want to oh, get to food, yeah. but in Ava Yisrael and this was unbelievable to me there is a petting zoo you walk into the school and there is an entire and not just a petting zoo like like in There's the all cor- kinds of kids in that school. Yeah, exactly. I've, yeah. I've made that joke many times. But there there are goats and sheep and guinea pigs and the kid and rabbits. And the kids can go into the pens and play with them and name them. I think they even named one of the goats Eliza Blach, which is the mayor of Beit Shemesh at some point. It's adorable. Yes. Eliza Blach. And there's no... Li- <laughs> Do that again. Eliza Blach. It's <laughs> great. It's now the no intro sound to this podcast. <laughs> That's great. But um, that should be her voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no um there's no like weirdness about like touching a goat and then going into school. My daughter'll come home and say a complaint say, Oh mom, the goat came into our class again today. It was just running around. It needed hay. <laughs> yeah, like so Israeli kid I love problems. that. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah. And the food, just let's just quickly oh, do the here's food. The thing. Yeah. You grow up, you have your breakfast at home, your cereal, your eggs. And then you have lunch, but between lunch and breakfast, there's always snack time. And when I grew up, it was like they gave out two pretzel rods that you'd gnaw on. What they gave you're out? So you, you brought it from home. Either brought snack from home, or they gave out pretzel rods or animal crackers and apple juice. It's right. very you know like snack time. I ate my lunch at ten thirty. Right, <laughs> I was hungry and at you were on to something because as it turns out in Israel they have aruchat eser, but aruchat eser is not snack time. Aruchat eser means a 10, 10 o'clock meal. It is. The base baseline meal for Arachat Eser is a sandwich and a fruit. Yeah. That is But it can expand. It could be lunch. a boiled egg, cucumbers. It could be your cottage cheese. It could it's be- legit. It's a yogurt. It's, it's very substantial. It's not mm-hmm. like a nod to a snack like we had in America or like a little rod of pretzel or a little animal cracker. It's really- Yeah. It really sustains them. And there's no 12.30 lunch. No, because since they've had Arachat Eser, where they really do sit down and they make boxes for Arachat Eser, where there's a space for your sandwich and a space for a fruit and a space for a vegetable, that's at 10, 10.30. And then they then have lunch at around 2, 1.30 right. or 2 o'clock. Yeah. And that is usually a hot Even meat yeah. lunch. Yeah. And that means that when you come home, your kids don't necessarily need chicken right and meat. Away. Mm-hmm. That's why in Israel... They have lighter dinners, which is very Mediterranean. So and the dinner healthier. is pizza, barrecas, or French fries, yeah. or like something. It happens to be that not everyone in my it family takes wants years to eat that. For so. the Americans to adjust to the shift in that, but in you the can meals. lean in. You can lean into that right. and be like, "Okay, guys, we're having eggs for dinner." And it's totally normal, totally normal, because I do it every single day, and I'm normal to send your kid chocolate spread on bread. Chocolate spread is the Israeli version of peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Like that's basic. Chocolate bread and, and or hummus on, on bread. That's also. Hummus. Most schools, peanut butter is not an issue. 99.9% of the schools. For now it is. So I have at Israel. It depends on how severely allergic a child is. They'll adjust it for the year. So I have at yeah. Israel had a child there that was like severely allergic to all peanut products. So there were no nuts. Still. There were nits, still. but no nuts. <laughs> but um, cry, cry. yeah. But when, um, when nobody's. You know, allergic, the school, there's bamba, there's... Also, shamenet is sort of the Israeli cream cheese. Yeah. So that's something people It's like put a on. white cheese. Yeah. That's creamy. Yeah. So you like can send your cheese. kids a cut-up salad, boiled eggs. Like, you, you're... It, it's but not it like... it takes time to make it. Like, that's legit, but then you don't have to make lunch. And you know that they're getting a lot of solid food during the day. Yeah. But and once if you get it down, it's not so hard. And if there's, a, like, a program in preschool where the kids are having a meal together... You're not going to see like pizza and french fries like in America where they'll order like, you know, all this no, fast food for the kids. Yeah. There'll be hummus, cucumbers, tomatoes. And olives. Olives. And corn. Yes. And just like a lot of like fruits and vegetables and rolls. And like that's what the kids are. And, yeah. And there are a lot of sweets in Israel. But at the same time, oh God, kids so eat a junk. lot of fresh fruit. We were here one summer before we made Aliyah. And my daughter was in a camp. And they were giving them out fresh peppers and carrots and melon. And that was not unusual because the kids here, by the way, eat. And maybe you know this already. They eat cucumbers with with a peel. So right. every single well, the time. The peels are sweet. 
Yeah, whenever I make myself my son arochad eser and I give him a cucumber with, of course I have to wash off the sand because mm-hmm. <laughs> when you buy it here, it's not necessarily sand free. Might have been on the floor, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. But I feel I'm like I'm such an Israeli mom, like yeah. packing them a lachmania and a cucumber with a peel and like, choco in a bag. It. Oh, it's choco in a bag, yeah. which yeah. is delicious. Yeah. But you could see like a businessman walking with this briefcase and like biting off that bag and just yeah. drinking some shoko from a yeah. bag. Well, even on the bus yesterday, I was, I was going to Yerushalayim and the so guy great. next to me was eating his shamanet and then he had his tuna and his boiled egg and I'm like, oh, first of all, don't eat on the bus. But okay, if you are eating on the bus, do make it an entire aruchat eser. He made an aruchat eser. You know, we always think like the English are civilized. Like, oh, they have four o'clock tea. You know, like, you know, we have aruchat eser. We're That's also right. quite civilized. That's We're right. taking care of ourselves. That's right. And brunch is a great time to go out for breakfast with your husband or go out to eat with your husband. I love brunch. Yeah. You know, I really love lunch. We know that. We've talked about yes. that. <laughs> lunch is your favorite meal. I know. Um, but brunch is salad. Brunch. It has a good sound to it. Yeah. It sounds crunchy. Waffles. Yeah. Brunch. So aruchat eser is yeah. kind of like brunch. Yeah, but then they come home super hungry because maybe they have a, that little snack at four o'clock and then they come home ready to eat something. So you yeah. give them a little something like well, an apple. Well, in my house, I'm just like, fend for yourself. You should have eaten more at lunch. Okay. let. <laughs> so we we covered the we covered the, the food situation. We covered the, the barnyard animals and the classrooms. We That's were gonna, unique for that school, but that, it could happen in other places. Yeah, and they're not, they're just, they're not like obsessed with like the... The, uh, that everything should be shiny and, and, you know, it's like whatever. Oh, dismissal in America. Okay, Josh Smith, your mother's here. Please step outside. We will watch you walk into the car. In Israel, you're free. They open the <laughs> gates and the kids just flood out. All of them. And, six and the bell till 12. And the bell is music. Yes. In and most schools, the bell is music. It's seasonal yes. sometimes. So in the beginning of the year, it's around Rosh Hashanah. It's... Something about you know, yeah, Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, there's they, a school down the block here. Like their 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 bell is an earworm. Like I hear it and it just rings through my head the whole day. But yes, that's like something very cute and different than. You know. I was just taken by the fact that at three fifteen they just open the gates and whatever happens to the children happens. Totally, you could yeah. be there waiting or tell your child to wait for me. But yeah, that's it. My daughter walked home from age six or seven. Yeah, and I t- at some the security guard is not going to be there and wait till the. La- I mean, not it, at all. in Ghana, yes. In preschool, no, yes. No, but in school, in they open school? the gates and they're gone. Yeah, and the kids just flow they just out, flood into the out. And there's no parking lot in our school. It's right. just on the street. Right, right. You just pull up yeah. on the curb, Israeli style. Yeah. It's normal here. You just gotta fend for yourself and survive. You, just you pull teach up on your the curb. kids. You teach your kids street smarts. Yeah, it's just part of the process. But they here. have cro- they don't have crossing guards here, but they they have the kids dressed in vests. Yes. in the morning before school. Yes, at the end. I love that. So yeah. let, let me just explain that, and then we'll move on to yeah. after school activities. Because you're ready for the next. When you are. Um, in elementary school, one of the highlights of being in like, I think it's fifth grade or sixth grade, is you get to wear these yellow vests and 715, you and your friends hold these massive street signs and you are the crossing guards for the month. And you stand and you pull down your stop sign so that the cars stop while the kids are passing. It's just an extra precaution because really, you know, cars should be stopping at the, you know, at the crosswalks. But they have a group of girls that are, you know, in charge of that and they take it very seriously and they get up early and they feel very in control and it's really cute to see them like doing such a mature job. And they do that thing where they put their fingers together like, wait. Yes. They pinch their fingers together Israeli style. Okay. So you send your kids to school and they come home usually between 2.30 and 3.30. Tuesday is a half a day almost everywhere in the country and they'll finish like that. Why is that? I'm not sure. I don't know either. But it is what it is. They roll in about 1.30, sometimes even earlier, and Friday's barely a day. So what do you do with your kids all afternoon, especially when the days are long and, and you know. And the are short. Uh-huh. And they, uh, but the days they, are long and the days are short. Play my violin. <laughs> quote, unquote. But um, there's, there's definitely uh, an entire after-school um, system here where kids enroll in all kinds of, I guess they're lessons, piano lessons. correct? After-school activities. But we don't call them lessons. We call them chugim. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe like Chagim, but it's Chugim. I don't know. Yeah. It's a party. Yeah, it's a party. It's a holiday. Yes. So the prices are fair, but they could get really expensive if you're sending all your kids after school and you have a few kids and you're you're choosing karate and ballet and swimming. But there are so many different different after school activities. My daughter does something called, it's not gymnastics, 
Oh, I just, it's not calisthenics. It's just some sort of acrobatics, not acrobatics. <laughs> I'm forgetting, but there's, there's something for everybody. Like, I don't know what she does, but I know that she leaves and then she, she comes back very stretch. Yes. And <laughs> she comes back all bendy and stretchy and it's reasonably priced. So, and I have a son in karate and my daughter was in charge of a bicycle hoog where she takes little kids biking. So after school activities are a biggie here. But some of them are on the other side of town. So if you don't have a car, you're going to have to make arrangements or get rides or do things in your neighborhood. And, you know, it's something you have to plan. When we made Aliyah and we looked at the map, we, we did, knew we were coming and not going to have a car. So we, we found where each school was and we said we can walk to each school. But what we didn't know is that there's something called a matnas. And that we were 10 minutes away by foot by, to the matnas. And there's another institution called Ulama Sport, which is the sports center. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, imagine the Nas plus Ulama Sport is kind of like a JCC yeah. minus the pool and the Russian ladies in the locker room. Right, right. <laughs> um, but that's where a lot of the hugim happen. There's a lot of spaces there. Yes, you know, they dance have classrooms and the basketball, basketball court courts. and they, they, they put mats on the floor and they have chairs for, let's say, a, the school often uses it, let's say, when they put on a show. Yeah, gymnastics. Right, right. So those buildings are often the center or the focal point or the gathering place for parents and kids who have after-school programs. So you could do private, you could do government-funded. If you make Aliyah, I think they give you a discount the first always few years. Always ask for a discount. I always yeah. am like, Efshar Hanacha. This is the word you want to ask for. Efshar Hanacha. Right. I'll, for what? For Aliyah. I, yeah. I work, the first I work five that, years, you get a discount on I, But I work that till this day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can I have a Hanacha? I'm like, I'm an immigrant. It was hard to come here. I need a discount. Listen, there, there, there is something to be said about that. And if you need all your children to be out of the house after school... And, you know, budget is an issue. You'll, you can figure it out. There are options for people it's who are struggling. every day. People don't do things every day. I don't know. Do your kids do game every day? No. No. It's usually on Tuesdays when school's half yeah. a day. And then it depends on your schedule. And it depends what you can manage. It depends what you could afford. But, but after- it's very normal for people to walk to their chugim here. You're not going to – you don't want to spend your afternoons driving around different children to different activities. Right. I made a rule that my daughter, who's now 10, has to be able to walk to all of her chugim on right. her own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Or else what's the point? Or else what's the point? So you – your kids in school, they have their after-school activities. You know, you, you chose a neighborhood that the kids could hopefully – Go out on Shabbos. Shabbos is a big day here for kids to run around and be able to go from door to door. Obviously, it depends. Door to door. Yeah. <laughs> depends where you live and what the, you know, the structure or the layout of the land is. If you live in a kibbutz or in a moshav, obviously, you know, your kids might be barefoot playing in the sand. If you live in Beit Shemesh, your kids are going to be in shopping carts rolling down the hill Shabbos afternoon That's because there's exactly. no cars on the street. That's all they do. Right. And no, if, but there are no cars here for the most part, which is right. really nice. Yeah. So Shabbos is a very special experience when your kids could be out the whole day because there is no Sunday. So Shabbos is their social life. And my kids, I know, are literally out the entire day. But by the way, some people will hack a Friday, especially on in the summertime, to make it like a Sunday. There's always Shabbos to make. The long Fridays yes. are, yes. The long Fridays are beach days, shopping days, party days. When you, you know, when my- Israelis I, have it down. Yeah. In America, you never have an activity or a party on a Friday. Like, it's a Friday. It's Arab Shabbos. But right. here, it's like, no, we cooked early and then we got out. And totally. We just get out and do something. To- totally normal to do that. Like, we used to go to the beach every Friday in yeah. the summer. Yeah. Or make or make a bar mitzvah Friday afternoon. Literally. Or, yeah. Yeah. We, well, my husband's family does events Friday afternoon and there's like full meals and we're eating, we're roasting a lamb and everybody's partying and You're dancing. roasting a lamb. Yeah. The yeah. Paschal lamb. Yes. <laughs> the Bukharian Paschal lamb. Okay. Now, we we kind of touched on this in the beginning where are we supposed to live? And then we kind of veered into how you find where you're supposed to live. But it doesn't really give you an idea what community specifically might be right for you. Now, I'm not going to get, we were thinking about maybe getting into every single city, but that, that but we don't know enough of, you know, each place, yeah. you know, what to tell you about each place. But in general, and this is from what I've picked up from exploring the land overall, you know, if you she look. Literally, everyone should know that Hanala has a map of Israel with all the lines and the reds and the greens in My, front of I her. also have a map on the door. She I also, also has a relief map. Uh, the ones that are 3D. I yeah. have three maps in front of me at the moment. I always do. She's so, a cartographer. Yes. So when you look at the map of Israel, you obviously should know what's north and what's south. If you go all the way south, you're going to be in Eilat. If you go all the way north, you're going to be in Lebanon. Get to know your country. Yes. If you go east, you're going to be in the Mediterranean Sea. And if you go west, you're going to be in Jordan. Okay? Now... Obviously, the middle of the country is Yerushalayim, which has the greatest weather, but it's also very expensive. Everything is more expensive in Yerushalayim, especially in 
the center city. You yeah. Know? Bottle I mean, of water is 20 shekel. Is it? Yeah. If it's cold. If it's cold, <laughs> exactly. So there's Yerushalayim and there's Tel Aviv, and those are often the places where people want to say, I have to be able to commute there at least if I'm not going to live there because I might have work there. Right. Um, by the way, I think for the same job, you get, might get paid more in Tel Aviv than in Yerushalayim. That could be. Well, Tel Aviv fact. is the, the center of industry. Yeah. But not everyone needs to, you don't necessarily have to live there if you want to work there. You just have to be able to get there. And there are very good train systems here. There are very good train systems. And Beit Shemesh happens to be conveniently located in between Beit, uh, Tel Aviv and Yerushalayim. Very so it convenient. is. Yes, it is a great location. Tel Aviv obviously is a secular city for the it's most a beach part. Town. It's a beach town, it's a vacation. Uh, you know, hotspot for tourists all over the world. It's extremely expensive. If I'm not mistaken, it's one of the most expensive cities to live in the whole world. And it's very secular. So unless you are on Shlichos or you want to be a rabbi there, there's no Besyakov. Um, you know, there. The, if, it's not necessarily the perfect environment for a traditional halachic But it's family. a nice place to visit. Yeah, yeah. And they have great have museums. Yeah, they have great museums and parks. And it's, listen, Tel Aviv is beautiful. Um when you go more south, you're getting closer to the Gaza Strip. Now, the Gaza Strip is on the ocean, so it's on the east, the I would say the northeast side of Israel. And the closest cities to Gaza are Ashdod, Ashkelon, Kiryakat, Shterot. And these are cities that have a lot of bomb shelters. Like when you go there, you'll see bomb shelters all over the place. Even Paint- in Ashdod? Yes, yes, even even in Ashdod. Because I was very naive last year when I went to the beach. Yeah, you were paying attention, but I've driven a lot around the country and... It's just closer or to... Or did you scooter? <laughs> no, no, this was before scooters. This was when I was still, you know, in my safe in my little, my big car, but I was, you know, I was learning the lay of the land. Um, so it's closer in vicinity to the Gaza Strip, and there's, like I said, more bomb shelters, and that is something that you might want to take in consideration. If Mental you are, health. If you are moving to Israel and you are very paranoid about that kind of stuff, you'd probably be better off a little more center, you know, central. Right. It's always a, you know, a push and pull of where to go because the cost of housing is much cheaper the farther south you go because it's less desirable in that for that yeah. reason. Yeah. You could live in Beersheba. It's like living out of town in a certain sense. Right. You could the live cost in... of living out of town. I my friend lived in Kansas for a while and her whole house was very cheap compared to the same amount of space I in I know. Queens. I used to go seeing where people were on Shluchus and like Savannah, and they were living in a massive ranch that was a quarter of the price of the the New York apartment that we were renting. Yeah, so... So you get some things and you lose some things. That's true of every place here. Living in a Moshav, you get that freedom. There's a sense of community. There's there's a lot of space. um, But you don't necessarily get the convenience of being close to schools and... Or a grocery store. All the different pieces. So it's a very good place, apparently, to raise young children. I I would love to go into a Moshav. Everyone says that because everyone (laughs) wants a big piece of land... And no and neighbor, freedom. yeah, and neighbors that are not in your in your windows, but and kids running around barefoot, yeah. running through and like playing with daffodils and yeah. butterflies, yeah, but they're the and, idyllic, yeah, but there there is a payoff, like you said. When you're more south, it's also hotter. If you live in Beersheba, it's like the desert; it's really, really intensely hot most of the year. And when you move up north, the weather could be freezing. If you live in Tzfat, or if you live in Haifa, or if you live in um, in, in, in la, 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 Akko, which is whatever, full of Arabs. I'm just looking at the map. One of them, oh, Zichron Yaakov, which is a very beautiful or neighborhood. Or Zichron, as they call or it. Or Zichron. It's cold. It really is cold. Like, Yerushalayim is cold because of the height. But up north, you're cold because you're closer to the to equator? The equator. Okay, whatever you say. You're farther from You're me. closer to the North Pole and to Iceland. So <laughs> someone's going to be like in the comments like you guys don't know your maps at all. There's no such thing I'm as I'm looking equator. at yeah. it. I'm seriously looking at it. So when you take that in consideration, if you are moving from Florida, you might not be comfortable up north, and if you're moving from Canada, you're not going to be comfortable down so you're south. You want to take in consideration the safety of the space, also the climate of the space, also schools. Although every place has schools unless you're looking for something very specific. And also community and hashkafa because there's many, many types of places. And also um, working in a, living in a place that you can get to a job if you want flexibility. Exactly. Yeah. So Also, there's no hospitals in Beit Shemesh. So if you're a doctor, you may want to live yeah, a lot closer of, yes, to a hospital. That's a very good point. A lot of people who live here that are professionals in the medical arena – they do a lot of driving. Like my, you know, across the street, my neighbor, her, her husband drives to um, Beersheba. Wow. Um, yeah. Or even just to get the Hadassah and Karim is a yeah, good 45 he minutes. he chose to live here. Yeah, he did. Because it's a great environment a great for his family. Community. Yeah. Yeah. So 
bottom line is, and we'll, we're going to wrap up shortly because I, I still could talk for 10 hours. And I you love the map. I think in another life you could have been a cartographer. I'm so, it's so funny because I was telling you, when I moved to Israel, I, didn't, I couldn't find Yerushalayim. I couldn't find anything on the map. And I just I knew said, where Florida special. was. That's I knew special. where Canada was. And I knew where Florida was because I was from Florida and Canada's on the top. That's, that's special. how it's special. Exactly. But that's now, but that just goes to show because I love <laughs> the land yeah. and because I love living here and because it matters to me, because all these different areas are in the Tyra and have such meaning and like, where is Hebron and where is Beis Lechem and where is, you know, what are the four holy cities? Do you know the four holy cities? Yushalayim, okay. Shazahav, Tzfat. Yes. Hebron? Yes. Ooh. Um, I want to forget this. The the Rambam's buried in? Oh. Tiberia. Tiberia. Yes. 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 People don't realize special. that because they're both you're up right. north. You you're could right. you could live in the Arakaidesh if you're very spiritual and you're musical and you're an artist you're and you're a stoner. <laughs> oh, <laughs> There's something for every, Yeah, I'm just saying like yeah. it really depends. Which you, has an old city, just like Yushalayim has an old city. Akko has an old city. Yafu has wow. an old city. Yeah. And then there's the old city of Yushalayim. But that's not, I wouldn't recommend living in the, any of these it's old a, cities. It's, a, it's a, another kind of shlich to live in the old yeah. city. Yeah, it's just not necessary and not always safe. Um, but the bottom line is, Wherever you do live in Eretz Yisrael, you will have the benefit of free tuition, right? Yes, mostly. Mostly. You'll have the benefit of casual uniforms, mostly. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> you will have the benefit of full school weeks with extended Friday vacations. And, and no Sundays, but that means when you have Chalamoid, it's like Sunday, 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 Sunday. Right. And you get a whole week off for Sukkot and a whole week off for Pesach and a whole week off for Hanukkah and three days off for Purim, four days off for Purim, Arab Purim and Shushan Purim and after Purim. So the holidays here, everybody hits the road, everybody's on vacation, everybody's and shopping. Everyone's in it together. There's a sense of, there's a communal experience of like, oh, Everyone gets that it's Arab Pesach. Everyone gets that it's Arab Shavuos. Well, less so because it's like a less popular holiday. But no, the milkings are they're it. selling milkings in the store. You, you people know, are buying cheese. Yeah, like there's it's always like style. a department. It's like it's either locks or it's milkings or it's meat. Yeah. It's, it's always according to the holiday. And in the supermarket, every holiday has its time. So before Lagba Omar, you see all the mangalim, all the grills. All the barbecue grills, exactly. The supermarket is like on the pulse of what's yes. going on. And in every um, single city. But I really like what you said, which is you didn't even know the country map so well when you came here, but you were you were channeling your inner Avram Avinu and your Hashem saying, Lecha to the place that I will show you. Go to the place. I know you don't really know so much about it, but you did the jump. You did a Lech Lecha to yeah. this country, and yeah. here you are. And, and not just to Beit Shemesh, to the whole you just entire jumped. You literally map. Just, if you had a, I don't know, like a spring, you just spring your sprung yourself from yeah. Florida right into Eretz But I'm, I'm very, um, you know, I'm, I'm intense in that way. Whatever the fact is, one of the most wonderful things about living in Israel is getting to meet new people. It's so wonderful to meet someone like-minded and snappy and fun and cute and on the ball and passionate about Israel. Oh, please stop. Keep like, going. Oh, I'm not talking going. about you. I'm talking oh. about my neighbor. <laughs> uh, as you, Shoshana Shazam. So follow you, sh- follow Shoshana on Instagram, Shoshana Shazam. Yeah, in between and cooking and yes, work. Yes, we have three life. more episodes. We have so much more to talk about. We already Let spoke us know about- if there's something in particular you want to hear about yeah. or you just want to hear jokes. Well, and- we spoke about packing. Yes. We spoke about you know getting your stuff here. And why we came here. Why we came here. This episode is all about... Where to live and exactly stuff, and we'll get to some more juicy stuff. We'll save the best for last. (laughs) We'll squeeze it all out. We'll squeeze it all out. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you in two weeks. Two weeks. We'll see you. Like us, follow us, comment, and tell us what you want to see. Thank you. You should be my my publicist. Love it. I'll do that for my spare (laughs) day. Bye. Bye.